Listening Dog Media. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. He's one of England's most capped international players. Seaman is the man here. He's one of the world's most decorated goalkeepers. And it was somehow kept out by Seaman. That is a fantastic save. This is Seaman Says with David Seaman. And Seaman, what a magnificent save. Hear him. Breathtaking. Like never before. Hello and welcome back to Seaman Says with me, David Seaman and Lindsay Hooper. Joining us this week is a man who made over 550 appearances for Arsenal across 13 years, winning the Premier League at the FA Cup double in 98, Nigel Winterburn. How, how impressed have you been with Tierney? Because like when he when he first came, I was like, wow, you know, this is a proper like breath of fresh air. You know, because of his attitude yeah. and, you know, and especially at Arsenal where, you know, I, I, and I've still got this picture in my head of him going into training in January or whatever it was, and he got his short his shorts on and his t-shirt, <laughs> and all the others have got scarves on, scarves on, and balaclavas on, and all that sort of thing. And I just thought that just about sums him up, and it's brilliant. Yeah, I, I loved all that, but the iconic moment for me was when he had his Tesco's bag. <laughs> that says to me, that says to me, proper proper player. How's your week been, Lindsay? It's been good. I was at the Palace Arsenal game, and I don't mean to start there, David. That's not good. But it's where the weekend <laughs> finished, so we should start there. Uh, I did say, didn't I, in my predictions, I thought that Palace would win. Yeah. It's that Monday night football, isn't it, yeah. for Palace? They love that down there. They're seven games unbeaten now. Um, yeah. And I must admit that there was a there was one point where I'm sat a few rows behind the dugouts, um, behind Patrick Vieira's bench. And there weren't any cameras there, so they didn't get the shot. But when Mateta's goal went in, he turned to the bench with this big beaming smile. Yeah. So you can tell that how much it means to, oh. to be able to produce a performance like that against his former club. Do you think he might be a manager of Arsenal one day? Um, I think there's a good chance, you know, because of the the experience that he's gaining. You know, obviously I'm not wishing bad on Mikel, but it was something that I thought of before Mikel, if I'm honest. You know, with Patrick's experience of you know in America and France, and you know, I thought that that might have been a better fit, but obviously it's it's totally different now. But you know, I I, I felt for Patrick because even in the the game at, at the Emirates, they were so unlucky not to win that. You know, I think Arsenal scored with a last second equaliser that took their points away, and I remember him just like going down on his haunches, and like I was thinking, oh my god, he must have been like. So gutted that that happened, but then to go into the game at Palace and and like you said, beat them three 0 and I'll I'll never forget his smile for as long as I live. But 
it must have been even broader at the end of that night, I'll tell you. I thought that Conor Gallagher really was setting the precedent in this match. Yeah. I thought Arsenal were really slow. The tempo was just really down, which surprised me because there's been a lot of preparation time for this game. Yeah, I know. Um, but they um, they didn't seem, they seemed rusty. I didn't know whether there was a, a bit of nerves. Maybe they did, because with... I, I put on our group chat, didn't I? I said, we, we look nervous, mm. you know, and, and that's what I felt. You know, it was really strange, you know, the... You're waiting for for the game, you know, especially after the international break, and then you get a performance like that. I just it worried me a lot because I, I'm thinking, you know, is that going to happen again? And that's why the game against Brighton this weekend is going to be really important, just to see how much of a, a reaction the players get, you know, because we need that. We, we're in a great position at the moment. Even after that defeat, we're still in pole position. If you look at like the games that we've got in hand, it's massive that we have a proper result this weekend. Just to, I think, just to calm people's nerves down a bit. Well, you've still got Chelsea, Man United, know, West che- Ham, West Ham, the North London derby. Yeah, I don't. Don't want to do it don't want to antagonize but i'm just saying that spurs <laughs> i looked at their fixtures they've got leicester and liverpool yeah. yeah and the north london derby i would say i know if you look at it you think spurs have got the better running arsenal got the game in hand but you still need to win that so it's it's up in the air and then that like you said the, the north london derby at, at tottenham is going to be one hell of a pressure game quick word on palace then because i want to heap some praise in that direction they were brilliant yeah so I mentioned Conor Gallagher. I have had the fortune of being able to watch him up close at Palace a few times this season, where I think singly he's been the best player on the pitch. In this one, I just think it's about how the way that he presses and the high tempo sets the tone for everyone else around him. Yeah. And I thought Michael Elise might have been a bigger miss because obviously there was the news with Kieran Tierney not starting for Arsenal. I think he was a huge miss. And I thought Michael Elise, are they going to really notice that? And uh, Eberiche Eze was on the bench because the four of them for Palace had been starting together. Um, this, yeah. this front four, which I thought looked fantastic against Everton, but then maybe saving that for the cup, who knows? Um I, I just thought again, you know, Zahar was at it, but oh, he hasn't got yeah. everything. He hasn't got everything on his shoulders anymore. He's got these other players. I think if Conor Gallagher goes, this Palace team looks very different. Yeah. The energy that he shows, like you said, it transmits to the rest of the players. And he almost gives Zaha like a free hit. Mm. Zaha's performance was brilliant. You know, the way that he got that penalty. They were all on form that night, but as much as I want to say that they were really on form that night, I still can't get out of my head how bad Arsenal were. So why do you think that was? When when you break it down, obviously the, mm. you mentioned the nerves possibly being a factor, but there was some good in-game management, I thought, yeah. from, from Mikel Arteta, which we can come on to. So let's focus on that first half. What do you think went wrong? The first half, they got bossed by Palace. They were up for it right from the start and they were, they were pressing Arsenal all the time, even to the point where party couldn't even pass it to his own player that was 10 yards away there was that much pressure on the Arsenal players and then obviously they get the goal and then the momentum just seemed to get bigger and bigger for Palace but if you're not going to be on your game you've still got to be like really pressing and getting tackles in and stuff like that you know and we, we weren't getting that Arsenal weren't getting anywhere near the ball in the first half people say oh yeah but in the second half we play better you're 2-0 down mm. you know so Palace are they, they weren't going to be as high tempo as what they were in the first half it's frustrating the fact that we couldn't even we couldn't change it around in the first half. We started bad and carried on being bad all the way through. The away end was seething from that first half performance. So when the whistle mm. blew, bearing in mind you're in a really raucous ground, you could just detect how disgruntled yeah. Arsenal were. But I went on social media as a result as well, just to see what some of the reaction was there. And it was awful. What I would say is at half time, Martinelli comes on and Tavares gets pulled at half time. And I think we all saw that one coming. Hmm. Then the next move that that Arteta made was taking Cedric off. Um, He bought uh, Enketiah on and then dropped Xhaka into left back role. So changed the system. And suddenly... It was a lot more positive. There were there were chances. Martin Odegaard had a, a really good chance. Yeah, there was. Yeah, um, and I felt like the support, the swell on on social media and in the ground started to change. And yeah. as a fan, and I know you're a fan as well as a former player, did that give you encouragement from from Arteta's side of things that he can turn things around and do things in game? Yeah, like make the changes. He made one at half time, then he made one in the second half. You know, I was just that I would have wanted to see something in the first half. You see people like Pep doing it. I've seen him do it after half an hour and things like that. 
the first half was that bad, it needed something happening. The game could have almost been out of sight. You know, okay, we're going, and what was it, at 2-0 at half-time, which is still in the game just. And like you said, we did we did have the chances. There were a little bit more than half chances. Smith Rowe had a really good chance and it hit straight at the goalkeeper, you know. So you take those and then it's a different story, but you can't argue with the result because of the first half performance was that bad. The away record up until that point had been brilliant. So you yeah. were going for a six away win in a row. Yeah. <laughs> is, yeah. it, is that away form something that you think you can reignite? This is just a blip? There's a lot of question marks coming from that game. You need reactions. Um, we had a massive blip at the start of the season. Hopefully we're not going to finish it with a blip, you know, because otherwise I think Tottenham are going to go above us. One of the th- reasons that I thought Palace would do well in this one was the the call-ups that they'd had in the international yeah. break. I thought that players returning like Tyreek Mitchell, Conor Gallagher and Mark Gay would breathe a freshness into this team yeah. because they were just so buoyed by having an England call-up. And of course, that reflects as well the way that Palace have performed this season. So that might have played into it a bit. Do you think that Palace can beat Chelsea in the FA Cup semi-final? No. No. No, I don't. Because Chelsea have got this knack of winning big games like this. When you look at their at Chelsea's squad, you think there's no way that they're going to lose that. But like you say, with the, with the guys coming back off the England duty, you know, they're full of confidence. They've had a great time with the with the national team. Then they beat Arsenal. We'll see how they go this weekend. And then that takes them into the semi-final. But if I was going to bet, I would put my money on Chelsea. For Patrick, I would love him to get to the FA Cup final. Obviously, I've known him a long time. He's a great guy. But can I see Palace beating Chelsea? No, I think it's going to be a little bit too much. They've moved into the top half of the table now, so they're ninth in the league. When you think about what Roy left him with, which was a lot of players out of contract, quite a lot of ageing players, Mm. the recruitment, I mean, that has to have credit as well. But I just think with limited resources, he's done an incredible job. You know, you hear about always especially the, the lads that were on uh, England duty, you know, the way that they talk about Patrick as well. They love him, you know, so he's obviously is projecting his character onto them and he's also giving them great advice, you know, especially someone like Conor Gallagher, you know, he, he must have watched Patrick so many times anyway. And then to have a player of that quality as your manager, you know you're going to get some great advice off him. After the game, we put out some um, a tweet asking Arsenal fans what your opinion of it was. And like, I mean, one of the things that came up was obviously now with uh, Party and Tierney out. This is a question we got from at Mimon Mia. With Party and Tierney out, do you think you can still finish top four? Um, it's going to be a lot harder, especially with Partey. He's been a big influence in that midfield. So to a Xhaka, really, you know, they've both been playing their A games. But now with, with him out, I don't know how long he's going to be out. If it's a hamstring, that's going to be at least three weeks. Or if it's some sort of muscle injury, it's still going to be about three weeks. So that, that that's not good. Okay, we had Aaron Bite, which I was surprised at. I thought he'd be out for a little bit longer, if I'm honest. And then with Tierney, he, he is a big miss because he's that Mr. Reliable. He leads from the front. He sets an example. And it's not just his defending, it's his attacking side of the game as well. So depending on how long they're going to be out, yeah, he's, he's going to be a, a big miss. And, and then what do you do? You know, Tavares didn't play well at all in the first half against Palace. Seeing Jacker on the left side, I was like, oh, he's a midfielder playing out of position, which is not good. It's going to be tough, but I've still got everything crossed. <laughs> Tyler Bone, too, says, um, wants to know like, how far do you think, realistically, Arsenal are from the title? And he's also put, by the way, you're my childhood hero and I love you. It's <laughs> 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 so a shout out to Tyler. I changed the answer now, then. <laughs> <laughs> We're really close now. No, uh, you've got to be realistic, and we're 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 not there yet. You know, the only the only thing that we can hope for is something like Arsenal doing a Leicester. You know, where you go like one season full of confidence, and then the, the momentum gets going. But at the moment, you've got Man City, Liverpool, Chelsea are close, and then the rest of us are still quite a way behind. I would say take it a step at a time. And how far are you off Chelsea? Yeah, we're, we're closer to Chelsea, but not that close. If somebody said to you, put me money on Chelsea or Arsenal to win the league next season, you'd still go with Chelsea, I think, yeah. you know, because of squads. You know, until we until we can get a squad of players that's full of quality and international players, even on your bench, you know, I know we're we're going down this this route of playing a lot of young players and bringing them through, but you still need that mix of experience. You know, and you've got to try and get 
good quality on the bench and a lot of your players stay away from injury. Surely, though, the summer's yeah. going to be almost more important for Chelsea than it is for Arsenal because of the other stuff that's going on at the club. So with a, a, a few big players out of contract at, at Chelsea yeah, um, and then with the ownership debacle, I guess a bad summer could be really bad for Chelsea, whereas for Arsenal, surely they realistically they should only really strengthen. Yeah, Arsenal definitely needs to strengthen. With Chelsea, you talk about the players that may leave. They're still, you know, especially with, with the Rudiger, you know, they, he, he's a, a really good player for them. He's been brilliant for the last few seasons. But would he be missed more than, say, a striker at Arsenal? You know, Arsenal are desperate for a, a top quality striker, I feel. You know, especially after the Aubameyang situation. I think Chelsea have got one going for about 100 million. I think his name's Lukaku. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, two of them, please. They might have two, yeah. <laughs> you know, so he, he, he's, yeah, he, he's tough. And I still feel that Arsenal need players in more than Chelsea need players in. Save of the week with Safe Style. For great saves, you can't beat Safe Style. Right, guys, it's time for Save of the Week with Safe Style. I was watching the games over the weekend. As soon as I saw this one, I was straight on on Twitter and was like, that's got every chance of being Save of the Week. And it's David De Gea from Fafana, I think it was. What a header, but what a save. Top corner, full stretch, fingertips. No, it was brilliant. And I think it, when you when you see his reaction as well, when he gets up, he, he, he's like, Whoa. you know, realising that was a good save. That's what I loved about it the most. It's just his reaction. And if I'm honest, that's in there as contender of save of the season because it was so good. You were that impressed with it, really? Yeah, it was proper. It was because it was like, it was quick feet. And then he got a great spring to get there. And when you see a save that's like fingertips, and then they still keep it out. You know, it's special. Like I say, it was, it was full stretch as well. It was a proper, proper save. What are you thinking? Because obviously that was quite a nice delivery from Madison. Because that was the free kick, wasn't it? What yeah. are you thinking as a goalie when you see a whip like that and it's coming in? Are you following the obviously you're, are you following the ball at that point? Because obviously yeah. it's got so many heads that it can connect with, and so much bustling going on going in front of you. What's going on in, in a goalkeeper's mind? Because it's it's almost coming at him a little bit. It's so much harder to judge. Because obviously when you get a side view, they're easier to judge, but because it's coming at him and then bending away. Mm. And the headers are the hardest ones as well. When it's a header, it comes off so much faster. So it's so much harder to read. And um... Watching in the Premier League, I did think you'd go with De Gea. Yeah. But if we were to extend this out to Champions League, I was watching Atletico Madrid against Man City. There was a free kick where Obak goes down really low. They showed a replay. It's not very often they had that angle where it showed how many bodies and just how obscured his view was. And yeah. for once, I was in your mind going, oh, he hasn't seen the ball till till here. Till, yeah. Yeah, yeah they're, they're the hard ones when it comes to a load of players. And, and, and especially if you don't see the player striking the ball, they're the really hard ones because you have to wait. And normally, by the time you actually see it, it's too late to react. But just on another note on Save of the Week, Linz, Saar, right at the end of the Wolves game. The Wolves yes. Villa, he made a really important save and, um, you know, it, and he didn't get hardly any credit for it because it was like the last kick of the match. The ball came over and he closed down, I think it was Matty Cash, closed him right down and got a really good block on it and more importantly, got me the right score. <laughs> <laughs> Do you needed it as well? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so David De Gea wins my save of the week with save style. Or great saves, you can't beat Safe Style. Save of the week with Safe Style. For great saves, you can't beat Safe Style. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Seaman says, in conversation. Joining us this week is a man who made over 550 appearances for Arsenal across 13 years, winning the Premier League at the FA Cup double in 98. Please welcome Nigel Winterburn. There he is. Because he is. <laughs> you all right, mate? Uh, yeah. 
good stuff. What, what are you up to nowadays? Uh, not massive. I'm just still doing all the stuff at Arsenal. Yeah. And then I've got a few things that I do sort of monthly, but uh, to be quite honest with you, uh, since the lockdown, um, I've decided that it's now time to live my life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is this full so, on retirement then? Uh, no, I'm not. I'm not retired. Listen, I still need to do some work, but yeah. um, I think when you see the likes of Shane Warne and then Dave and you know Dave and I've known a couple of people that have uh, passed away as well recently. I think you look at it and go, do you know what? It's it, it, for me. It's just about now. I've had. Yeah. Fantastic career. Uh, I'm not going to chase all around the country to, to do stuff. So I'm just going to take the bits I want to take yeah. at my convenience. And then if it's not convenient, I don't do it. <laughs> exactly. Then, it's a good space um, to be in, mate. <laughs> it is a good space to be in. And then uh, and not feel guilty about it is the, is the biggest yeah. thing. Uh, and not worry about whether people, because you said no, are going to come back. It's just like, oh, well, if they don't come back, they don't come back. Somebody else could have the yeah. job. So yeah. Uh, exactly. But I'm 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 quite clear that I'm definitely uh, you know I just want to I just want to do the things that uh, Sandy and I want to do, yeah. uh, and we just uh, we just get along with it really. Yeah, uh, take enjoy it from there. Enjoy if life. You, if, if, if you haven't got it, you can't spend it. <laughs> <laughs> what did you make of the game against Palace, mate? Because oh, I was uh, poor. so disappointed, weren't you? Yeah. It, yeah. yeah. Um, I was a little concerned, I have to admit, when I saw Tierney wasn't playing because Tomiyatsu is out as well. Yeah, uh, He's been out for a while and we've we've coped with that. And to, to be fair, we've looked very solid. I thought we'd looked creative going forward as well. But uh, I watched the opening minutes. I've seen some of Palace's games. They're very energetic, particularly in the first half. Uh, and to be quite honest, Arsenal didn't cope. They didn't. They didn't deal with the pressure. They didn't move the ball quick enough. Uh, and at the end of it, it didn't look as if they were ready for what Palace had to offer them. Um, yeah. And uh, the result was 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 pretty clear when when it went to two 0 I could I couldn't see Arsenal getting back into it. Yeah. Had a couple of chances in the second half. Played better in the second half. Changed the system as well. Um, but. The big thing for me is you can wipe away that loss if you can bounce back the next game. But the injuries are a big concern because I think 1-11, to you know, when we play well, we're a, we're a strong team. But I'm not, sure about the, uh, I'm not sure about the depth that we've got at the minute and we've got some massive games coming up now. Yeah. So what I've heard, and, and David, I don't know how much you're privy to this as well, I've heard that Tommy Yasu, back in training performing really well they're just managing him he's had 10 weeks away and part of the issue was that he played whilst injured which aggravated the injury further I'm sure that's something both right. of you are familiar with but he could be back very soon I, I'm glad that you mentioned Tierney and, and how big a miss he was though Nigel because I wanted to ask about Tavares what has happened to him as a player at the beginning of the season he showed that he could deputise and actually at one point, I think people were wondering whether Tierney would get back in to the starting eleven. But is that a confidence thing or is is that just not having enough game time? Well, it, it could be a combination of, of um, all of those things. So it can be that some players need to play regular. It can be confidence. But also as well, uh, for me, the big thing uh, for Tavares is, is understanding your defensive responsibilities. Now, I know the game and the fullback role has changed slightly, but Dave will tell you, and I think it was uh, maybe uh, might have been Jamie Carragher said uh, a great piece on the Sky was that when you're alongside your centre-half, you have to expect the defender to make a mess up. That's how George Graham brought us up. He basically said, every time the ball comes into a position of the two centre-halves, the two full-backs have to accept that one of those centre-halves may slip over. So you have to be in the recovery position. I personally don't think at this moment in time, he understands the real defensive side of the game. Yeah. And in the Premier League, if you don't understand that, you can get exposed. Going forward... I don't think there's any problem. So, you know, if you were to say he played in a wing-back role, 
I, I think that would be perfect for him at the moment. But I don't see him in the Arsenal team at the moment uh, with the mindset that he has and the understanding uh, defensively of, of being in that back four and put onto that mentally being brought off. I think it's in the last two games he's been brought off. Um, that has that has to affect you. I think it would yeah. affect anybody. I'm impressed have you been with Tierney because like when he when he first came, I was like, whoa, you know, this is a proper like breath of fresh air, you know, because of his attitude yeah. and, you know, and especially at Arsenal where, you know, I, I, and I've still got this picture in my head of him going into training in January or whatever he was and he got his short, his shorts on and his T-shirt <laughs> and all the others have got scarves, at, scarves on and balaclavas on and all that sort of thing. And I just thought that just about sums him up and it's brilliant. Yeah, I, I loved all that, but the iconic moment for me was when he had his Tesco's bag. <laughs> that says to me, that says to me, proper proper player. Yeah. No, and if you remember as well, uh, H, he came, he came injured. Yeah. He was injured to start with. Yeah. So you know, you come to a new club. The first thing you want to do is you want to be in training. You want to be keeping your standards high. You want to impress on your teammates. So he was injured for a while. Then he's come in, but he's got all the qualities. Uh, that it needs to be to be a, uh, a top fullback, yeah. particularly in the modern game. He's shown that uh, his crossing ability is fantastic. You know, I think defensively, he's you know uh, most of the time he's sound uh, uh, as well. So, yeah. and you know, when Pat Nevin is saying that this guy can play in a variety of positions, um, that tells you that other people think highly of him as well. I think he's, you know, I just think he's a he's a and this is not being disrespectful, but he's, a, he's a, just a Mr. Dependable. Yeah, That's what you want of your back yeah. players. You want them being dependable defensively, and then they give you extra going forward now. And he yeah. certainly gives you extra uh, going forward. He's not going to make a lot of mistakes defensively, and I think that's the important thing. Yeah. It wasn't think, lost on me there that you had spoke about Tesco and you kept uh, speaking about giving you extra. I was <laughs> thinking that was brilliant there, Nigel. <laughs> Do you think they'll get top four? Because, you well, know, we, we've been chatting about it and we're like, I, I, we don't know. You know, like you said, it's important that they come back from that that setback against Palace, you know, and it's a, it's a big game at the weekend, I feel. Yeah, I said before the Watford game, so I can't change my mind now. If they beat Watford, I, th I thought they'd finish in the top four. The one thing that I also thought about it was was that injuries would be their big concern. Yeah, because we are, we are you know we are a little bit uh, we are a little bit short. Um, so I can't change my mind now. Else I'll yeah. be jumping ship. So <laughs> I'm going to say yes. Although they're going to have to, well, it's going. To, what's going to be interesting for me at the weekend is how they're going to play. Are they going to switch systems, mm. or as you say, my my reading of it was that Tommy Yatsu is not back till after Southampton. I don't know whether that's a bit of a smokescreen yeah. from uh, the little bits that I've uh, been reading on the Arsenal websites. Um, so do they do they stick with a back four? Yeah. Who do they play at, at left back? And you know, part, party if, looks like he's injured as well, doesn't he? With parties injured, you don't you don't really want to bring Jacker out the middle as well. Yeah. So would they could they switch to a back five, which with the players they've probably got at the moment might help them. Yeah. Um, but uh, listen, it's quite simple. They've got to dig out. They've got to dig out a win. A, 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 it has to be a win at the weekend, or they're gonna people are gonna really question them. But uh, yeah. I think they've done very well to get where they are. I think at the start of the season, I said. I didn't think they'd finish in the top four. I thought they'd be up and around it. Um, but it's been perfect. They've had no European football. They've put themselves in a great position. I now feel, role reversal of that, they'll be disappointed if they don't finish fourth. Yeah, spot on. Nigel, it's been ace having you on, mate. Thanks so much for coming on. No problems. Cheers, yeah, Paul. Perfect. Thanks. Cheers. Bye, Thank Nigel. you very much. Cheers, Nigel. You can watch more interviews with my former teammates, including Dico, Tony Adams, Wrighty, Martin Keown, Ray Parler, and Sol Campbell, over on our YouTube channel. Just search Seaman Says and subscribe. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. 
That's shopify.com slash special offer. The Fantasy Football League. The Premier League season is almost over and we're in the final few weeks of the Fantasy Football Season 2. I thought we could do with a little help, guys. I've arranged for us to speak to one of the best fantasy football players in the world. The man behind FPL Focal, Oscar. How did you get into it? How did you, you know, get into the uh, the, the fancy? Well, I started, um, I got into it from my mates. So we were all at uni at the time. Um, so I don't remember a great deal back then, honestly. You know, I'd often wake up hungover, miss deadlines and that sort of thing. You know, too busy partying. <laughs> but um, now I've played for 11 years now. So this is my 11th. Uh, yeah, 11th season. I have to be careful getting my seasons and years mixed up. <laughs> I, I started dating, dating someone recently and the other day she asked me um, how long was my longest relationship and I almost said five seasons. <laughs> <laughs> That's <was> brilliant. <laughs> yeah, like my, my first season, yeah, it was 2011-12. Um, so that was when Arsenal came third. It was that uh, season Henri was back alone at Arsenal. All right. but, um, oh yeah, yeah, when he came back, yeah. Was yeah. He, he scored against Leeds, I think he did. That's yeah, right, yeah, there. in the cup. Yeah. yeah, he wasn't much of an FPL pick that season, sadly, but yeah. yeah, it was that season. Before we go taking tips from you here, Oscar, I think you need to set out the stall of, like, how well have you done at Fantasy? Yeah, it's been a hell of a season. Um, it's my best season yet, actually, this one. So, uh, yeah, at one point early in the season, I managed to spend a couple of short-lived weeks at number one. Um, so, yeah, it's been a hell of a season. Can we just put um, in context thing. for people? Of the whole Number thing. one of, <laughs> of roughly how many players are playing this? Yeah, nine million. So what? Back when I... Oh, my <laughs> word. <laughs> yeah, so back when I first started, 2011-12, there was only about two million players back then. So, you know, the game's grown significantly since then. Uh, yeah, for the first time ever this season, we've hit nine million players. Wow. wow. This is like my first year into this sort of thing. And I'm yeah, still yeah. like... It's still like cuckoo to me because you have to like watch it so much. And it's, yeah. it's, so is it like is it full time for you? It is full time. Yeah, I mean it's um it's been the craziest year of my life in that respect because I started um, a YouTube channel, which was how um, Adam found me from the YouTube channel. I only started about a year ago, and um, yeah, it's since become my full time job. So I used to work in IT for eight years, and I left that job back in January, and now it is full time FPL. But um, obviously, don't if it's FPL is not your job, which it isn't for most people. It's difficult to find the time to be, you know, research and keeping on top of news. But um, you yeah, must I mean, have there's some spreadsheets going on there. You really must have a lot of detail. With, <laughs> yeah, and you must be lots or- of IT must be organised as well. Then, yeah, yeah, I think the um, the background in IT helped me get up to speed quicker. Um, yeah, I tend to use Twitter and Reddit um, for my sources. You know, everyone's sharing news, so it's um, fairly easy to get a broad brush pic- picture of what's going on. You know, and there's some websites that track things like injuries. And in fact, there's websites for just about everything now. You know, the cha- the game's changed okay, significantly so over the names. years. Where would you go for for, for injuries and, and uh, team news and stuff? So there's uh, Ben Dinnery. He's a, a darling in the FPL community and he he tracks the injuries of all the players. I've um, this. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so he's really, really on top of it. You know, tunes into all the conferences, you know, and he's got an, a website, Premier Injuries where he'll you know, list all the players oh. by team, their injury, their expected return date. Um, but yeah, like I said, there's websites for just about everything now. Um, the game's changed so much over the years and it's getting harder to do better because everything's you know, so accessible. Which I think, I suppose, Dave, you, it kind of comp- it's uh, similar to football as a whole, right? Football's evolved a lot over the years, you know, tactically, you know, more data and information to hand. Even things like diets have changed. Yeah. I, think, yeah. Um, I think we've seen the same in FPL. Have you changed your diet? <laughs> <laughs> He's doing an arse with Benga. <laughs> I'm off the uni diet. No more pot noodles. Oh, right, yeah. <laughs> My son's how, on that at the moment. So he's, how yeah. do you structure your, your week, though? I mean, I'm, I'm thinking of David's old training schedule, and, and you seem to need one. <laughs> yeah. Well, nowadays, so one thing I do is I make my transfers as late as possible. Um, it's kind of a boring way to play, but the later you leave it, the more information you have to hand, right? So I'll tend to lock in a transfer right before the deadline, you know, often half an hour before. I tend to do a live stream just to chat to, you know, the FPL community um, as we approach the deadline. So how many how many videos um, are you putting out a week now? How much content? Normally um, three or four videos a week. So actually I scheduled one, which probably went live for we've been talking right now. I tend to just schedule them in and then uh, I would do it the night before. So it's kind of a hands-off thing uh, in that respect. Uh, so yeah, normally three or four videos a week. 
Um, and I suppose in a way I'm partly to blame of FPL getting harder because I make these videos every week, you know, five minutes of easy to digest information where, you know, in the background, you know, hours of research might have gone in. But it's just the uh, nature of the game, isn't it? I just realised this is a good week to, to have you on as well because, um, Linz, I seem to have gone up a place. Oh, amazing. I've had a disastrous week. Um, Have you? Yeah, really, really bad. Uh, Let me bring my team up. So I had 28 points, which is anything below 30, I'm always like, whoa. Yeah. Um, I captain Kane. Five goals and he doesn't bloody score one of them. I know, exactly. Uh, (laughs) My best scorer was Robertson, Andy Robertson with six. Um, Luis Diaz. No points. Regulon, no points. That's me not checking on my injury updates there. Um, I don't know. I don't know what's going wrong. If it makes you feel better, Lindsay, I've had an absolute stinker as well. I'm on 29, I'm on 29 points. And um, I thought you were reading off my team sheet for a second because Robertson was my top player and he only got six. Yeah. How'd you get on, Dave? I had 37, which I thought was not very good. But then I didn't realise Lindsay was that bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I've got one free hit left to play. What's a good week to play it? Oh, good question. Um, so I think the chips tend to be best used in double game weeks. You can use them in the the uh, blank game weeks as well. Um, so what often happens is every season you get postponements, you know, often due to cup games and that sort of thing, which clash with Premier League games. So you get these postponements. And obviously this season, it's been even worse with postponements because of COVID. So what happens is these postponements move somewhere else and you get double game weeks. And those are a good time to consider using chips because your team's played twice in one game week, if that makes sense. So at the time of recording, um, we're going into game week 32. And after that, game week 33 is a double game week. So there's lots of teams with a double there, like Arsenal, Leicester, Man United. So that's one week you could consider using it, Adam. Or at the tail end of the season, there'll be a couple more doubles as well. But those are when I would use it personally. And that, I've got one left as well. And that's my plan. So are you going to do 33 or are you going to wait to the to the next double game week at the end of the season? Oh, it's getting serious yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking I'm I'm on the fence between 37 and 33. They're both double game weeks in a nutshell. It's just a case of looking at the fixtures and which one you think you gain, stand to gain more from. I just got one. Well, you know, um, I'm beating Linz question. now. I'm not going to slip. I'm not going to lose <laughs> oh, that position. So, uh, <laughs> so <I'm laughs> oh, the cockiness. Now, when I spoke to you, you dug out some of the stats for David in his last season, wasn't it, when he was at City? Yeah. Oof. I don't know if you know this, um, David, but FPL launched in 2002-03 season. Right. Which means you were in FPL for a couple of seasons. Yeah, yeah. The last Arsenal season <laughs> and obviously the City season. <laughs> well, City, I only played half a season. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Do you get points for not playing? Or being no. On the bench? No, no, you don't. No, you don't. <laughs> I've got the screenshot somewhere. So I think you finished on 40 points, obviously, because you didn't play the whole season. But yeah. one of the mechanics of FPL is players go up or down based on if people are buying or selling them. Right. And you started the season at 5.5 mil. And you finished it at 5.3 mil. Oh, that was all right. So a couple of drops. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's take that. Not bad for yeah. a retirement season. <laughs> no, exactly. I think that tends to happen, you know, when players are, um, you know, in their last season, the yeah. price tends to go down. It doesn't go up, you know, as you approach the end of a season, your career. Plus, City were crap then, weren't they? So, uh, <laughs> but, yeah, <laughs> I was in the good old days. <laughs> yeah. We were really a bit better than that. <laughs> this weekend coming up, we haven't done our swaps yet. We're we're probably a bit last minute, but not like you are. <laughs> just, just last minute. <laughs> Who did we go for? Give us one player. Give her the wrong player. We'll talk offline after this. They're not yeah. Arsenal fans. Don't tell them. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, Arsenal, they do have a double game week coming up in 33. Uh, obviously, we're about to head into 32. So... I think Arsenal players are worth considering. Uh, maybe someone like Saka, if you haven't got him. I've got him. Yeah. Uh, maybe someone like Lacazette. Um, but you could yeah, also but... go for a Leicester player. Leicester double in 33. So they've got um, Harvey Barnes. Barnes Madison. Madison, yeah. Um, yeah. The usual names. I've got Barnes myself, um, which has also ended up the wrong one of the two. He's doing okay, but Madison's doing better. Okay. And that's the thing. Are you going to join the, the, uh, the, the uh, Seaman Says League, Oscar? Absolutely, no, yeah. No, he can't. He's Send too good. Send me the code. <laughs> <laughs> no. we just win it. Yeah, we don't want him in our league. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, Oscar, well, good luck with it all. Yeah. Thank you. Appreciate that. Yeah. And that must be some hell of a feeling, that. 
you're the best out of nine million. Yeah, I've got, I kept the uh, screen. <laughs> yeah, it was one of those where I look at my phone and couldn't quite believe it. Um, I have dropped off a bit since, to be fair, but I've kept the screenshot. So yeah, Matt, you've been there. I'll have to you've frame it. There, yeah, I can talk about <laughs> no all one can trophies. take it away. No one exactly, can take those yeah. trophies away. Yeah. No one can That's take it. that away from you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, not quite the same thing. David <laughs> Silverware, my couple of weeks number one, but I'll take <laughs> it. <laughs> still <laughs> being the best at what you do. That's what counts. Yeah, yeah thank you, mate. Appreciate yeah, that. Brilliant. Well, it's been nice having you on, Oscar. Thanks for coming on, Stephen says. Thank you, mate. Nice one. Thanks so Cheers. much. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Thanks for that, Oscar. For more fantasy football tips, just search for FPL Focal. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is Seaman Says with David Seaman. Massive game this weekend, Linz. City against Liverpool. Is this the decider? Oh, I think it could be a decider if City lose, but I I don't think that they will. I know. It's huge, you know, because I, I can remember, I think it was Jurgen Klopp getting interviewed and they were saying, win every game, you win the league. Win every game, you win the league, but also draw this one and you keep your advantage over the opposition. Yeah. So they can afford to draw, which was the result in the reverse fixture. Yeah, but I true. don't think that they can afford to lose in a, from a mentality point of view as well because of how big the gap was once upon a time. And yeah. then seeing Liverpool just rising and then overtaking, I think that would be a bit too much. I backed City, though, to win the title from the beginning. I'm not going to change that. I yeah. think they either win or draw in this game. I can't see them losing. Not at the Etihad. I just yeah. I can't see it. And I was watching them against Atletico Madrid and... You see Foden and Grealish coming on in the second half. They're going to be fairly fresh, aren't they? And, and yeah, probably exactly. will start this one, I would have yeah. thought. I, I can't see Liverpool winning in this one. Can you? No, but I say no, I can. But I just feel that, that Man City have got too much, especially on their bench as well. They're playing the Champions League game and they're bringing on Foden and Grealish. You know, and it's just... Can I ask a hypothetical of both of you here? Now... City more recently have dropped points. If this was a, the, the reverse fixture the other way round, if City were playing Liverpool at Anfield with, with the momentum and also the fact that I think Liverpool have obviously a better strike force than, than City do, could you see a bigger upset maybe if they were playing at Anfield than they, if they were at the empty head? <laughs> Sorry. Just sneaking <laughs> that, yeah, yeah. that one in, yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I could, but but it isn't, and that's it, isn't oh, it's it? I not, mean, we, but... we can, but <laughs> but yeah, I, yeah, I would be able to see more of an upset. I actually think we're, we're putting too much of the emphasis in this match and on the strikers and where the goals are going to come from. But I actually think um, Rodri and Cancelo could be bigger players in this one for City, and I also think that Van Dijk and Canate could could have a lot to, to say in how this works out for Liverpool. I think we're looking more at those areas of the pitch. There is nothing, neither of us are going to say these teams haven't got great firepower and they can score great goals. We know they can and that quality might shine through at different points, but it's how many opportunities they're going to be given. Yeah. Um, so I'm focusing my attention more on that area of the park. And then it's the battles of the Brazilian goalies and all. Two proper goalkeepers there as well. Um, as much momentum Liverpool have, I think this is the game that's, that, that stops. I really do. With all that in mind, shall we go into predictions? Seaman says, this week's predictions. Right, Lindsay, predictions time. There's a lot of games. There's one massive game, but we'll come to that later. <laughs> first up, Newcastle against Wolves. God, I'll let you go first, because it's your team. Yeah, at St. James's Park, Friday night. This is the sort of opposition I don't like Wolves yeah. facing. Crystal Palace, Brighton, Newcastle, those are the sort of teams I, I dread. But I think it's probably going to be a draw this one. Um, Newcastle had quite the battering from Spurs, didn't they, last yeah. weekend? They're safe. Um, Wolves still have something to play for, but I just think that they'll probably equal each other out. So I'm going to go 1-1. One, one. 
but I'm going to go. I'm going to go for a Newcastle win, if I'm honest. I know they, were, they weren't very good against Tottenham and they've not been playing that, that well, but I just feel in front of their own crowd, they're a bit of a force. So I'm going to go 2-1 Newcastle. Everton, Man United, which is the early kickoff on Saturday. Yeah. Wow. I mean, Man United need this, but Everton oh. need it more. Everton need it massively. It's a big one. It really is. I'm going to go for 1-1. Oh, I'm going to go 2-1 Man United. And then next up, Arsenal against Brighton. And this is a, a really important game for Arsenal because coming off the back of, of the defeat against Palace and the manner of the defeat as well, this is a big test. And I think Partey's going to be out for a while. I think he's got hamstring, or it looked like he got hamstring. Kieran Tien is out. so That doesn't look good at all. No. I'm going to go 2-0 Arsenal. But it's a big game for us because, you know, with Tottenham's win, it puts them level on points. I know we've got a game in hand, but you need to have a, a rebound after a performance like that against Palace. I think Mikel Arteta will get a response. I, st- I can't see past an Arsenal home win, especially at the Emirates this season. I think that the crowd have really been behind them. And I, I think Brighton have hit the eject button a while ago. <laughs> and so, they got the sandals on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, but I don't think it will be a big scoreline. I would have been tempted to go exactly the same as you with 2 yeah. 0. Um, I'm just going to go for 1 0. Yeah, I quite like that little 1 0 to the Arsenal. <laughs> yeah, those old days. Um, yeah. Saints against Chelsea at Southampton. Yeah. And Chelsea. Mm. I mean, the Brentford result, it was interesting. I've got um, I've got a friend who's a huge Chelsea fan. Sadly, um, there's quite a few of them. I <laughs> know. <laughs> oh, this happened last season. In 2020-21, when they conceded at least four goals after the March international break, they won the Champions League. So, <laughs> we conceded four goals after the March international break. <sighs> And this is what Chelsea fans are thinking. Um, equally, so, the way so, that they, so they meant to do it. <laughs> yeah, they meant to do it. <laughs> equally, the way that I think that Arteta will get a response from his team, I think Tuchel gets a response from Chelsea here as well. Yeah, I'm gonna go three-one Chelsea. Sorry, Adam. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go... I think this one's got some drama in it. I feel like this could be a late winner. I'm going to go 2-1, Chelsea. Next up, Watford against Leeds. Um, I was watching highlights of the game and to see Phillips coming back on the reception he got. And Cooper's bite, Phillips's bite. Okay, Bamford's out, but we've still got good strike force now. So I'm really confident until Ward-Prowse stepped up and I was like, no, don't give him a free kick around the area. <laughs> and, he, and he produced another belter. But um, Watford leads. Uh, Leeds win this and I think they're safe. Um, so I'm going to go for a... It's going to be tight though. I'll go for a 2-1 Leeds win. I'm going to go 1-0 Leeds. And again, I think it could be a late, a late goal. Yeah, I'll take that. I'll take any goal. <laughs> They're going to make you suffer for about oh, 80 minutes oh, or no, so. exactly. Usual. <laughs> yeah. mm. Villa against Spurs at 5.30 on Saturday. Yeah. Now... Come on, Villa. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, Villa, they will have been feeling it. I'm sure that Gerard's tried all different manner of tactics with them now after defeats. I, I felt like there would be some wrath from that performance against yeah. Wolves. Um. I don't see them doing much here, though, do you? I want them to, <laughs> obviously. Um, but then the other thing is, is like you don't know what you get from Spurs. You get a good performance, and then the next one can be terrible. So I'm going to go 2-1 Spurs. I think I might go 3-1 Spurs. <sighs> Brentford-West Ham on Sunday. There are a few 2pm kickoffs. Actually, there's three all at once. So Brentford-West <laughs> Ham, uh, all London, another London derby. I still feel West Ham are more organised than... But then with Brentford, you don't know. I'm going to go 2-1 West Ham. I feel like this could be a draw, but... (laughs) 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 I think... (sighs) Come on, surely Brentford are going to get a bit of a humbling. (laughs) Bowen's back as well. Yeah, Bowen just loves to score this season. I'm going to go 2-1 West Ham. All right, and then next up is Leicester versus Palace. That's another hard one to predict. 
Leicester coming off, obviously coming off the back of a, a point at Man United. A very well-deserved point, by the way. I will go 1-1. Ooh, so I was going to go 2-2 for my Desmond here. Whoa. The thing I will say is, this is the game prior to the FA Cup semi-final. And I think Palace will take their eyes off the ball a little bit here. Right. I think Vieira will be concentrating on that, won't he? So I, there's a bit of me that thinks 2-1 Leicester. 2-2, 2-1. I'll go 2-1 Leicester okay. as you've gone for the draw. All right. Norwich Burnley. Nil, nil. <laughs> this, is, this is the one that I'm at. This is the game that I've got. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. I'm Norwich Burnley. Yeah. Oh. You're probably yeah. right with nil, nil. I'm going to go yeah. one nil Burnley. I just think that at some point they will outmuscle, impose themselves. Yeah. And then right at the end, the massive game for this weekend. Oh. Man City versus Liverpool. 4.30 on a Sunday. I was thinking of putting my doing the Desmond here for 2-2. Two, two. That's but what it was in the reverse fixture, wasn't it? At Anfield, yeah. I'm going to go for, you know what? I know, I know it's you're thinking goals all the time or whatever. I'm thinking 1-0 Man City. I'm going to go a bit more of a goal fest. You could, you could be spot on here and it could be very, very tight. Oh, yeah. And neither are going to want to lose. So I sort of do play into that theory. However, let's just say that some superstars shine on the day. I can see Liverpool getting a goal. Yeah. I'm going to go 3-2 Man Whoa. City. That would be a hell of a This is what I'm hoping watch. for. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sometimes when you get these massive games like this, they don't produce, but you never know. And when it comes to our prediction league for the season, obviously this is also another run-in, another yes. title race. <laughs> another champagne race. <laughs> yeah. And I noticed at the weekend, you got a lot of correct results. But yeah. if I just remind our listeners that you get more points for an exact score, which is how it should be. Yeah. Uh, and I got a couple of those. I so 10 type. You nearly got three as well. <laughs> I nearly got three, yeah. So so 10-8, which means I extend my lead to... 121 seven to points. 128. Yeah. 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 Seven points. That's get, the gap's getting bigger. I need a good weekend. <laughs> Looking forward to a big weekend of games. We'll have all the reaction right here next week. Don't forget, subscribe to our channel on YouTube to watch all our interviews in full. See you later. This is a listening dog media production. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.